Hello and welcome to Victoria's Living Christian Center's Victoria's Living Podcast. Victoria's Living Christian Center is a church that strives to stand for goodness and is committed to encourage and show a better way. A church whose vision is to see God's people living a victorious life. This is accomplished through community outreach, education, healthy living, and support groups while still providing spiritual growth. Our goal is to meet the needs of man, spiritually as well as naturally. So welcome and enjoy. Good evening. Welcome to Victoria's Living Christian Center Gospel Bible Chat Room. I'm Pastor Ruth Gardner. We are here tonight continuing our study, a book study um, on the book that was written by uh, Apostle Alexander Bagani, uh, Secrets to Generational Curses. And so we're going to open up in prayer and get started. Pastor John. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we thank you, Father, for bringing us together, God, one more time to speak of you, to learn of you, God, and to learn the attacks of the enemy, God, so that we may be able to stand before them and may be able to break these generational curses that are on our lives. God, we pray, God, for your anointing, God. We pray that your anointed would fall into this class on tonight, God, would fall into the, the houses of everybody that, that's listening, God, everybody that logs in, if they watch the podcast or if they come in live, God, we pray, God, that your spirit would just enter their atmosphere and start breaking generational curses off of them right now in the name of Jesus, God. We thank you, Father God, for your anointing and for your power, and God, we just forever give your name the praise, the glory, and the the honor in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. So we are going into the second half of chapter four. Um, we know last uh meeting, last class, we discussed the six primary ways curses can happen. Can someone tell me the six ways which a curse can happen? Like what avenues? Can somebody give me maybe one? Right there in your book. Through idolatry. Right, that's one. Someone else? Through your actions. Yep, through your actions. What's another? Your guardians. Your guardians. Yep, your guardians. Good, good. Those that are in. Um, what else? Through items? Items, yep. Items. And Through words? Words, partnerships, yep. I think that's about it, right? And, and through partnerships. Huh? And through partnership. Yeah, that's why I said partnership. Oh, okay. Yeah, partnership. Their actions, partnership, through words, items, uh, dishonoring guardians, and um, idolatry. Those are the six ways that curses can happen. Okay. Um, so now that we understand that part, now we're going to talk about where do curses originate? 
and where are they coming from? Once again, um, one way is through guardians. And that is when um, someone who's over you, who just constantly speaks negative thoughts or negative words over your life. Um, um, I'm going to read the first paragraph to this uh, section. He said, the first place where humans get cursed is through guardianship, meaning those who have been assigned to raise us until we grow older. These guardians are either our parents, our family members, or various agencies that take us in when our parents abandon us, boarding schools, adoption agencies, etc. A child is molded from the time they are born to the age of five. And it's during those years that words of affirmation, love, and acceptance crucially imprint that child and help them grow up to be a healthy human being. But when the assigned guardians curse with their words or their actions, these individuals years later end up in front of me going through deliverance. So at the age of five, so from childhood, from birth to the age of five, it's very crucial that you speak words of affirmation be careful of what you say at that age of five is very impressionable a lot of things happen up until the age of five because when you get to the age of five you pretty much know what's right and what's wrong you know you you have a, a idea of what's good and what's bad you know when you're a child growing up infant toddler one or two years old you don't really quite understand but when you get to five you begin to understand a lot and um, it's important that at this age, it's important for the parents to be involved in the child's life. And it's very important for the parent to speak well over that child. Um, if you're constantly fussing and arguing at them and saying this and saying that, it is going to have an effect on that child in later years. So it's very, very important that you know, us as guardians, as parents, we need to be careful what we say. Um, I always talk on my call, always say about words, you know, how words can hurt, words can damage, words can kill, and that we need to be very, very careful of what we say concerning, even in adulthood, even now, you can speak a word curse over somebody's life, regardless, regardless of whether they're a child, regardless of whether they are your, your um, relative, it could be just a person that you know or a person that you see. You can speak something into the atmosphere over a person's life, and that's considered a word curse. And that thing can, can travel and it attach itself to that person, and that person can become or start to begin to act or turn, you know, manifest into this thing that you're speaking over them. You know, like, you know, you hear this, even like, no you're not a child and you and you're, say you're in your uh, teenager or you're in your early twenties or whatever. And you're, and your parent or your, or your guardian is like saying negative things over you. It's, you know, you ain't gonna give them nothing. You ain't gonna be doing nothing. You ain't gonna, right. Your, your daddy was this. And now you this, you know, and you speaking these things over them, not just at the age of five, even at different ages, you can say things over a person's life that can cause a negative so we have to be careful. We have to find words that are going to encourage, find words that are going to strengthen, even though they may be a hellion, 
even though they may be doing this and doing that, but you can say, uh-uh, no, you're not going to be, you're not going to grow up to be this, this, and that. You're going to grow up to be this. You're going to grow up to be a man of God. You're going to grow up to be a man of authority. You're going to grow up to be a man. You're going to grow up to be somebody influential in, in society. You're going to be, you're going to grow up to be a moral law abiding citizen. You're not going to be, you know, one of these thugs out here on the street. But you, I stop that curse. You could speak words over people's lives. You could decree, decree a thing, okay? Decree it, speak it, declare it. It's not too late. It's not too late. These things can be reversed, but you have to make it a, a, a sound decision that you're not going to continue to, to, to speak negative over your children, especially when they're young. Especially when, even though they may be one, two, three years old and they don't understand, but you're saying stuff over their lives and you wind up and they wind up being that very thing that you fussed and, and said over their lives when they were young. You got to be careful. Very, very careful. And the example that he gave was Noah, how he cursed his grandson, Canaan, because of what his father Ham did. And um, let's see what scripture that's in Genesis 9, 24 to 25. And it's a living Bible version. He said, when Noah woke from his drunken stupor and learned what happened and what Ham, his younger son had done, he cursed Ham's descendants. A curse upon the Canaanites, he swore. May they be the lowest of slaves to the descendants of Shem and Japheth. So what happened was Noah got drunk. For some of you who don't know, the story. Noah had got drunk and he apparently had fell asleep and he had, he was exposed. His, his nakedness was exposed and Ham saw it and he went and told his other brothers, Seth and Japheth, and said that he saw their father's nakedness. So what they did was that they got a garment and they put it on their shoulders and they walked backwards and they covered their father. And when he woke up and he, and the Bible says, you know, he realized what had happened, what Ham had did, and we don't know what Ham did, but something happened that he cursed him and he cursed his grandson. And so as we read in history, in biblical history that Canaan, you know, really went through a lot. The descendants of Canaan went through a lot. The Canaanites, all of that, it's, it's just a part of that story. So, um, his last uh, comment in this section was the future of all people is usually tied to the words of those who are their guardians. This is why it's important that you speak life over your children, over your families and all over who are under your care. So regardless of what age, even though from birth to five, it's very, very impressionable. Very, very impressionable. But even later in years, as they go older, as they grow up, you know, continue to speak uh, affirmation over their lives. Even now, you know, like Charmaine and Joy, you my daughters, and I still speak affirmations over you guys, you know. Um, 
And Pastor John, you're my husband. I still speak affirmations over you. You know, so that, you know, the enemy won't try to uh, cause or try to, something tries to manifest or something tries to attach itself to your life that can be damaging. Amen? Amen. Amen. Anybody got anything they want to say or add? A comment i do find it interesting that it talks about from basically from birth till five yeah because those young years a lot of times parents don't think that much about it they think that whatever happens they're pretty much not going to remember anything you know but it's interesting how they bring out the fact that those years are actually very influential influential in their lives even though you may not feel like they're going to remember things that transpire, but it's still in imprints upon them and, and on their future. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I learned that in child psychology. They said the first five years of a child's life is the most important and can pretty much um, shape who they, who they'll be as an adult. And they said it's the best time for, if you want to teach multiple language, multiple languages that's the best time to do it as well yeah. or anything music anything creative that's the best time for them to do it let's side note that's very interesting i learned that too i was going to say that but yeah i was going to ask you because i knew you were in early mm -hmm. childhood care and i probably you probably knew about that because so i was going to ask you about that yeah well didn't joy i should have got you that piano a little bit earlier <laughs> You sure should have. <laughs> yeah. So, so moving on, the second one is spiritual high rank. Um, people, your leaders, um, have that capability to to um speak a blessing or a curse. Um, and we talk, and we're looking at the story with, um, what's his name? Help me out. I'm looking right at it too. Jacob. When Jacob had decided to leave, um, and take his wife's Leah and Rachel, he decided to leave Laban's home and set out on his own. So he did it in such a way he did it in like, he kind of, kind of, you know, bounced in the middle of the night, pretty much. Um, and when they were packing to leave, Rachel had taken her father's idols. And so when they left, Laban came after them. And he was like, you know, it's bad enough that you're leaving in the middle of the night, but you're going to take my idols too? And he's like, well, I left because I was afraid that you were going to, you know, not let, allow me to take my wives. So I didn't know where you was at because, you know, because at that point, Laban was doing a lot of underhanded things with Jacob. You know, we know that from the first thing he saw Rachel, he wanted to marry Rachel. He fell in love with Rachel and he asked to marry Rachel. But instead, when it came down to the wedding, it was Leah. 
And he told him that, you know, the first, the oldest have to get married first. You know, you work seven more years for me and I, and then, you know, you can, you can marry Rachel. So he had to go through another seven years. First, he worked seven years for Rachel. He got Leah and then he had to work another seven years and he got Rachel. And then um, when it came down to the cattle, you know, Laban was taking the, the choice, the fat, the fattest, the fattest cat, you know, cattle and the healthiest cattle and giving him this, you know, you know, you know, frail cattle. And then he had to, um, he told him you can only have the ones that were spotted, you know, and, and he didn't have that many of the spotted, um, cattle, but he did something where he put, I think he put something in front of them and they started producing spots. So you gotta read about the, in the, um, in the Bible about it, you gotta read a story about it. But anyway, he took him through a lot of different things uh, Laban did with Jacob. He took him through a lot of things while he was there. So when he left, he was like, I'm just going to leave. I'm leaving in the middle of the night. I don't want to have any more, you know, qualms, disputes or whatever issues with him. So that's why he left the way he did. But he, but when he caught up with him, he said, okay, it's bad enough that you're leaving this way, but now you're going to take my idols. And he goes, I didn't take your idols. And, and, and whoever took your idols, curse be unto them may they die now i didn't know that that he said that it says um let's see we're in genesis chapter 31 he said but as for your household idols a curse upon anyone who took them let him die jacob didn't know rachel had them nobody knew rachel had them so he even allowed them to come in and, and inspect his home. He said, you think I got your idols? Come on in. Look, look around. Go ahead and look around. So they were looking around, looking at his stuff, looking under things. Rachel sat on them and lied and said, I'm of that month. Because, you know, when they were, when they menstruated, women had to sit, you know, they couldn't move or whatever, whatever. And she said, pardon me, I can't get up because it's that time of the month, pretty much. And so they did not make her get up to move. She just sat there, but she was sitting on the idols. She hid them underneath her. So they never found them, so they left. So, but later on, we read in the chapters that when she gave birth to Benjamin, she gave birth to Joseph, and then she gave birth to Benjamin. And when she gave birth to Benjamin, she died in childbirth. So that curse that Jacob spoke came to pass because Rachel died a premature death. She died in, in childbirth. Isn't that something? That was like, I was like, oh, wow. I mean, you read about it, you know, you know, she had Joseph, then she, she was barren. Then she had Joseph and then she had Benjamin and she died in childbirth. But you, I did not see the connection, which is like, Oh my goodness. I didn't catch that either. I didn't catch that either. I, I got I got I got the timelines confused a little bit though. I thought when she stole the idols, he spoke like it was like a death to her womb. And I was like, wait, did she have Joseph already? But I I, I guess so. I guess so. So um yeah, I didn't I didn't catch that. I didn't catch that. I didn't even put that together. That was that was crazy. Yeah. 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 And Jacob never knew because I don't think she ever said anything that she had the idols. 
But um, yeah, she died giving childbirth. He said, our words have power. Time won't allow me to tell you the other stories, such as when Elisha cursed the 42 boys for dishonoring him. Do you remember that? Do you remember that when the boys were teasing him because he was bald-headed or something? Second Kings 2 and 24. I'm turn that real quick. Yep. They was when he was bald-headed. <laughs> yeah, they were teasing him and, and the bears. Yep. The bears came and 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 mauled him because they were teasing him. And then the other one where um he also Elijah cursed the two groups of the soldiers who came to arrest him. So, um, you know, the Bible says that death and life is in the power of the tongue. And I really do believe that if you were to, to substitute death and life to curses and blessings, you know, cursings and blessings in the power of the tongue, we can speak life, we can speak blessings, we can speak curses, and we can speak death, and we need to be careful of the words that preceded that of our mouth because we don't know. And look how long it was before she died. It wasn't like she dropped dead when he said it. It was years, years later, years later that she died in childbirth because of that curse that he spoke over the one who, whoever took them, let them be cursed and let them die. So we could speak something over somebody's life. We could say something about a person like today and it could be a negative thing and we won't see it manifest until maybe 5, 10 or 20 years later so we have to be careful That's why I was like God I, I was like I repent if I said any type of word curses over anybody God I repent I am sorry because I know my, sometimes when I'm mad I can flip my lip <laughs> I can flop these jaws when I get mad and get angry, you know, that's why we got to be careful, like, you know, whew, you got to be careful, you have to be careful, and if you find yourself in this situation where you've done this, and you know who you are, if you've done it, and you're guilty, it is not too late to repent, ask for God forgiveness, and asking, you know, if you could just take that back, just take it back, just don't let it, don't let it manifest, don't let it come to pass, that, you know, repent of ever saying it and ask for God's forgiveness and let's keep it moving. And then just change your attitude and watch what you say. Make sure, you know, change it, substitute it for a blessing, regardless of who it is. It could be the man that, that cut you off. You know, you could say something nasty <laughs> to that person. And, you know, we don't know. We never know. You know, you may, you know, want that person, I get in a car crash or I hope you, you know, you know, burn and you say something like that out of anger. And then, you know, we don't know that man may have gotten in a car crash and burned it, whatever. You got to be careful. We, and especially if you walk with the Lord, because God honors your word. That's the most important thing. God honors your word. Especially I'm what? I said, I was getting ready to say that. I was like, I, I was getting ready to say what you just said. And I'm like thinking like, this is why the Bible always, all these scriptures telling us about our anger, be angry and sin not. Don't let the sun in your wrath. And then there's like a whole bunch of stuff about the tongue, watching what you say, mm -hmm. you know? And so 
yeah, it's important. You you speaking these things out of anger and you're saying things, even if you, you really don't mean it, but you still said it. And like you said, if you're walking with the Lord, you don't know how weighty your words are in the spirit. And it may cause something to happen to that person. Yep. Absolutely. And I was told that. I was told that my words are weighty and that I had to be careful what I say. I was told that on three different occasions. Like your words carry weight. Your words carry weight. Be careful what you say. That's why I know that scripture so well. Death and life is in the power of the tongue. Because, and you know who it was? It was Pastor Diana Lyles. She was ministering and she walked up to me and she said that scripture to me. She said, death and life is in the power of the tongue. She said, your words carry weight. I never forget it. She told me to be careful what I say. Because she said, life and death is in the power. Death and life is in the power of the tongue. And she looked at me. She said, your words carry weight. And I said, oh, God, help me, Jesus. So, you know, so when I read this, I was just like, okay, God, please <laughs> forgive me, Lord. Ooh, I look, I'm help me, Jesus. Anyway, so let us be mindful. Let us all be mindful of what we say because um, we don't want to cause any type of damnation on anyone. You're speaking damnation onto someone. So, yes. So, another way that a curse can happen is through angels. And the, the example he uses was with Gabriel and Zechariah when, when John was getting ready to be born and um, John the Baptist, and he was telling Zechariah that he was going to have a son and that, you know, they're going to name him John and, and that, you know, and he's old, you know, it was like one of those Sarah and Abraham type, type of deals. And he was like, I'm, I, you know, I don't know. Are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> and he, and Gabriel took offense and said, okay, you don't believe me? Well, then you ain't gonna be able to speak until he's born. And sure enough, Zechariah was speechless. He was cursed. He could not talk until John was born. And he spoke his name. And that's what released his, his, his voice, his tongue, when they were saying, when he was born, they said, what are you going to name him? What are you going to name him? And they were saying all these different names. And he opened his mouth and he said, John, his name shall be John. And they all turned to look. And that's when he got his voice back, when he spoke his name, that the angel told him that his name is going to be John. So there are so many other, you know, that's one example he used. There's other uh examples where angels blessed and cursed we know about the great um uh with um mary they announced the messenger giving her the announcement of the of christ being you know her being blessed among women and that she was going to be the one that was going to give birth to the messiah and then there was another um situation where um oh it just left me the blessing about a blessing where the angel came and blessed oh um the angel wrestled with um, Jacob. That's pretty much like a curse because he had a limp afterwards. He walked with a limp. 
there have been situations. Okay, the last thing he's talking about cases against households. So there have been cases where God and households is all throughout scripture where God will bring a curse upon a person and generations to come. Now, let me just sidebar here and say this. Now, in the beginning of the book, it talked about how the curse, like how a parent's cursed and that the curse is transferred onto the child automatically. This is not the case. I'm bringing this back up again. This is not the case. This is where God pronounces a curse upon the parent as well as the children and the generations to come. But in the case in the beginning, whatever curse that parent is experiencing, that curse is on that parent and it stays on that parent. It does not transfer over onto the children automatically. It has to be a pronounced curse that God speaks over the household. Okay? Because I don't want anybody to get confused. When you say, well, you said that a curse can't transfer down to generations. It doesn't necessarily transfer down to generations unless it's pronounced as such. As in the case in this section, as it talks about, where God will have a covenant with, with, with the family. Like, like, for instance, it talks about the covenant he made with David. Okay? That means that his family will always be on the throne, that his lineage will always be on the throne. That was the covenant that he made with David. And he also made a covenant with Levi, the tribe of Levi, where they will always be a priest. The Levites were priests. So every down to the generations, the Levites are automatically priests and high priests. And then he talks about how, you know, in the same opposite, a curse can go down for generations to generations until it's fulfilled. As in the case with, um, even though Noah spoke the curse unto Ham's descendants, it still went down. That's an example of how a curse can go down from generation to generation. He did not speak the curse directly to Ham. He, he spoke it to his descendants, his grandson and all his son, his grandson's descendants, all the descendants of Canaan were cursed. That's Noah speaking it, but there's been cases where God has done it as well, that he spoke a curse over a household to the point where the household would no longer existed. Anyone has any comments? Because that's pretty much it. Anybody got anything else to say? This was short and sweet tonight. Nobody want to add anything? No thoughts? <laughs> Y'all <Yo>, these avatars. <laughs> <laughs> A little black stare avatars. I was Wait, trying John, to. John avatar was sitting with his eyes closed. Like he's asleep. No, it's because I'm looking down at the book. I was trying to think of another uh, family. So it was cursed or blessed? Either curse, really. Um, 
Um, so, so Eli as well. Yes, yes, Eli. Yeah. Eli, Saul's lineage, because they were supposed to have the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. of his, he had three strikes out. Um, Eli, because he didn't open his mouth and rebuke his sons. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. Israel. Yeah. The nation of Israel was cursed. Amos. Read Amos. Mm -hmm. so funny I, I saw it today it said on my, I was on a reminder and it said read Amos chapter 5 and I read it and it's talking about how God was coming against Israel I was like mm -hmm. I mean I'm reading about um, I'm in Jeremiah now but I'm reading through Isaiah now I'm in Jeremiah he's talking about Babylonia Going back. I'm sorry. Shut up in my bones. Shut up in my bones. Shut up, shut up, shut up. I'm sorry. Pastor John, you gonna say something? No, I was laughing at you. Oh. <laughs> John's avatar looks funny though, dude. But anyway, um it doesn't look like me with the gray beard. It does, but just the facial gestures is funny. But anyway, um, that concludes our lesson for tonight. You know, what are, what's the takeaways from this? That, you know, there's different ways that curses can come. We know the six ways that a curse can happen. And we know how, no, what is it? Six ways, wait a minute, I'm just gonna get that right. I said it wrong. I said that wrong. There's six primary ways a curse can happen. And then there's also, you know, how they originate. It can originate through um, God himself, angels, spiritual leaders, parents, you know, those that are in authority. We can unknowingly, you know, speak a curse or blessing you know you know so i feel that in this season it's very important that we all think before we speak you know sometimes we want to say something just just like a quick response but you know, we have learned how to bite our tongues and i'm learning that a lot um to just be careful even you know my job you know, in your job, in your schools, you know, wherever you are, you know, definitely be careful, especially when you're in out in public and you're inter interacting with people because, you know, what God is getting ready to do in this season with the church and he's moving us outside the four walls, we're moving outside. And so we are going to be viewed in the public a lot. So, um, and we want to be living epistles read amongst men we want to walk in such a way that it does not bring a reproach to the kingdom of god so our mannerism our speech our actions how we respond how we react how we talk how we converse it matters it matters to god 
because if you're going to represent him, he wants you to represent him well. You can't be walking around here like the what the what the word says, blessings and curses can't come from the same place. Pretty much. Mm -hmm. You can't be trying to bless somebody and then turn around and cut somebody else out. That's just it's just that's like water and oil don't mix. So we really, really have to take this word to heart and really, really walk it out. Amen. 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 So, um, so I'm done. So we're going to go ahead and dismiss it. No one else have anything else they want to say or ask. Um, then we're going to go ahead and be dismissed by Elder Joya. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Lord, for this class. Father, we thank you for allowing us to come together once again to learn and to receive from you on tonight. Father, we thank you for showing us how generation cur generational curses originate, where they come from, how they unlock. Father, we ask that you would give us wisdom on how to approach you know, these curses. Father, we ask that you would give us wisdom on our, our speech. Let our words be seasoned with salt. Let our words be seasoned with wisdom. Father, give us self-control over our tongues. Give us self-control over our mouths, Father. Give us self-control even over our tempers. In the name of Jesus, Father, give us self-control. Give us wisdom. Give us guidance. Lord, speak to us. Calm us. May the Holy Spirit arrest us. Anytime we would try to say something that's out of your will. Um, and Father, I pray that you would continue to keep our minds and our hearts stayed on you. Let not the enemy rustle our, fe our feathers let him not get us out of character, Father. Let us stay on alert and be alert on what the enemy would try to do. We know that he goes about as a warring lion seeking whom he may devour. We know that he's going to try and do anything he can to get us out of character, to get us to speak against, to, to speak against others and to speak even against ourselves, to curse mm -hmm. ourselves and say things that will put us and put ourselves in bondage. So, Father, I pray right now that you would keep us alert and that you would keep us on our guards, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Help us to mind, be mindful of what we say, especially in this hour and especially as who we are, as your children. Father, I pray that you would continue to keep us, keep our hearts and our minds stayed on you. Keep us pure. Keep us holy. You said be holy for you are holy. So, Father, let us continue to walk upright and be in right standing with you. Give us a hunger and a thirst for righteousness, righteousness and righteous living. In the name of Jesus, Father, I pray for us as we rest. I pray that you would give us a sweet rest. I pray that you would uh, drive out every spirit that is not like you, that would try to torment us in the night, that would try to keep us up, that would try to keep us awake. Father, every thought, every worry, every uh, uh tormentor of the mind be cast out in the name of Jesus. We bind our stress. We bind worry and anxiety and worrying about the next thing and what we got to do the next day and what's going to happen next week or two weeks from now, the holidays coming up, Father. We bind all of those distractions. And I pray that you will give us peace that will surpass all understanding as we rest tonight and not just for tonight, the next night and the night after and the night after. Give us rest. 
rest and may there be peace in our homes, peace in our bedrooms, peace at work, at our jobs, at school, at the gym, at the grocery store, even in our cars as we're driving. Give us peace so that when someone cut us off, we don't slip up at the mouth, Lord. In the name of Jesus, I pray. I pray. I pray for <laughs> Help me, Jesus. But I pray <laughs> that you can be the leaders and God is in all truth. All these things I ask in your son, Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Yes, Lord, help us, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs>Thank you for joining us on tonight. We pray that you are encouraged and inspired. If you desire to be a blessing to the ministry, you may do so by sending a love gift to www.paypal.me forward slash VLCC or through our cash app, which is the dollar sign VLCC Life. We also invite you to stop by our website by clicking on the link. May God bless you and may your day always be victorious.